0: Warning! The following contains spoilers pertaining to the show and subject matter discussed. Also, strong language and adult content may be included. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you.
1: There it is! As Will Truman, from Will and Grace, once said, there is the world's most famous sports auditoriums, Madison Square Garden.
0: That huge round building, is it?
1: Hey, don't knock on until you see the inside, okay? Some of the best performances have taken place inside. Um, Billy Joel, Elton John, Lady Gaga, the Knicks of the 90s. Man, I miss those days.
0: Stop living in the past. Just accept things the way they are.
1: I do. Doesn't mean I have to like them.
0: So then why are we down here?
1: I'm working on my next tour for the Madison and Herald Square area of town. And last night's show inspired me to get cracking more on it.
0: Well, then speaking of last night's show, any famous fights take place here at the Garden?
1: I thought you never asked. A lot of famous matches happened here, including, most recently it hosted the first match headlined by women featuring Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Before that, there was the famous one between Rocky Marciano and Joe Lewis, and of course the fight of the century between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier.
0: Okay, I can see why it's the most famous sports auditorium in the world
1: as befits the most famous city that calls it
0: Whisper. I'm your host, Hope Bird, and with me is my co-host, Andrew Cortez.
1: Today we're going to be discussing the hard-hitting show, Rocky the Musical.
0: So hurry and take your seats, it looks like the show is starting!
1: Hello everyone, and welcome into today's performance of Stage Whisper. It's the eye of the tiger, it's the thrill of the fight, and we're going to talk all about it on today's episode, where we are diving into the knockout show, Rocky the Musical.
0: The well-known titled show hit Broadway and its audience with a one-two punch of a familiar story and a true spectacle to behold.
1: But before we get to the main event, we have to first start our training and lay the groundwork.
0: The musical is based on the 1976 film Rocky, with a screenplay by Sylvester Stallone. The film itself was made on a budget of $1,075,000, shot in 28 days, and was a sleeper hit, earning $225 million in global box office receipts, becoming the highest grossing film of 1976, and went on to win three Oscars, including Best Picture.
1: Having been in the works for eight years, a workshop was held in New York City in April 2011, with Andy Carl playing Rocky and Lisa Breska playing Adrian. Following the reading, it was officially confirmed in November by producer Sylvester Stallone, alongside boxers and co-producers Vitali and Vladimir Kitschko, that the show would receive its world premiere in Hamburg in November of 2012.
0: The musical, which premiere production costs around $20 million to produce, has a book by Thomas Meehan and Sylvester Stallone adapted from Stallone's screenplay.
1: Rocky the Musical received its world premiere on the 18th of November, 2012, at the Opera House Hamburg. The production opened to positive reviews.
0: On April 28, 2013, it was announced that the show would transfer to Broadway.
1: This makes for a perfect time to introduce our design team. The book was by Thomas Meehan and Sylvester Stallone. The music was by Stephen Flattery with lyrics by Lynn Ernst. Director was Alex Timbers. Choreography by Stephen Hoggett and Kelly Devine. Scenic design by Chris Bereca. Costume design, David Zinn. Lighting design, Christopher Akerlund. Sound design, Peter Helensky. Video design, Dan Scully and Pablo N. Molina. Special effects by Jeremy Schernick, And wig and makeup design by Harold Mertens.
0: The show would arrive on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater on March 13, 2014, where it would stay, albeit briefly, for 180 performances, closing August 17, 2014.
1: That season, the show would be nominated for four Tony Awards. It would knock out the competition in one category, winning the award for best scenic design of a musical for Chris Bereca.
0: So let's step into the ring for the real deal.
1: No regrets. The lights come up on an amateur boxing club in a Philadelphia church basement in 1975. Rocky Balboa, a fighter, is in the ring with Spider Rico. Rocky has the crowd enthralled as they cheer him on. Rocky takes the money he's won from the match, determined to prove his worth as a boxer.
0: Heavyweight champion Apollo Creed arrives in Philadelphia for a major fight
1: meanwhile adrian panino is getting ready to close up the pet shop she works at her co-workers gloria and joanne tell her she needs a makeover and to let herself have some fun rocky enters the store and tries to make conversation with adrian he asks her out but she declines he leaves and adrian watches him while thinking about how her upbringing has forced her to retreat into herself
0: Rocky works for Mr. Gazzo, demanding money from the men who owe him. This time, he has to approach Wazowski, a butcher. Wazowski begs for mercy, and Rocky, out of pity, makes him a promise to have the money the following week.
1: Rocky goes to Mikey's gym, where he trains, only to find his locker has been given to a new fighter, Dipper Riley. When Rocky asks Mickey why, Mickey tells Rocky that he's not a serious enough boxer and should move on to something else.
0: Apollo Creed's big match is about to fall through when his opponent drops out due to an injury. Apollo and his team look for a local boxer to take the spot. Rocky, going by the name The Italian Stallion, catches their eye. Apollo sees this match as perfect timing for America's <clears throat> bicentennial.
1: At Adrian's house on Thanksgiving, her brother Paulie explains to Gloria that he set up Adrian to go on a date with Rocky So he'll put in a good word with Gaza for him. Adrian does not know about this date. When Rocky shows up and Polly announces that she's going on a date with him, Adrian is horrified and runs to her room. This escalates into a vicious fight ending with Polly throwing her turkey out the window. Rocky calmly asks Adrian to give him a chance. Adrian agrees to go out with him.
0: Rocky takes Adrian to a skating rink. It's closed, but he manages to convince the rink's watchman to give them ten minutes. As Adrian skates, Rocky tells her that because they're opposites, they go well together. Adrian begins to open up to him.
1: Adrian reluctantly goes back to Rocky's apartment. When Rocky asks her what's bothering her, she tells him she's never been in a man's apartment and knows that he does dirty work for Gazzo. Rocky tells her... He's not a thug and begs her not to leave, confessing he's wanting one of them to be together since fifth grade. He promises that he will look after her, and they kiss.
0: Gazzo Corners Rocky as he's going to the gym and asks and asks him why he isn't doing the work he's supposed to do for him. He tells Rocky he doesn't have a shot at boxing and that this job is all he has. Rocky enters the gym and Mikey tells him that Apollo Creed's team want to meet with him. Rocky asks Mickey why he doesn't take him seriously. Mickey tells him it's because he's wasting his talent helping a thug like Azo.
1: Rocky meets with Miles Juergens, Apollo's promoter. Rocky thinks he's looking for a sparring partner for Apollo, but Juergens tells him they're offering him a spot in the championship match with a huge cut of money, win or lose. Rocky is unsure, so Juergens gives him time to think. Rocky realizes this is the one shot at proving himself.
0: Rocky agrees to fight Apollo. Philadelphia is abuzz with the news of the match and that one of us has a shot at the championship.
1: When Act 2 starts, the big fight is just weeks away and Rocky is up early training. Back at his apartment, he gets a visit from Mickey, who offers to be his manager. Mickey tells Rocky about his glory days as a boxer Rocky at first dismisses Mickey, but ultimately comes around and agrees to train with him.
0: Mickey trains Rocky and advises him to slow down with Adrian so he doesn't get distracted. Adrian consents Rocky's getting distant. Mickey tells Rocky not to have any publicity leading up to the fight, but Polly manages to bring a reporter and TV crew to catch him while he trains.
1: On Christmas Eve, Adrian, Gloria... Joanne and Angie are closing up the store. Polly drunkly comes in, only to be turned away. The ladies lament needing a break from all the bad men in their lives.
0: Rocky comes home to find Adrian has added some nice touches to his apartment, including a Christmas tree. As they decorate the tree, they realize this is the happiest they have ever been. Their moment is interrupted when Polly barges in. Jealous that Adrian spends all her time with Rocky now, he demands that she come home with him. Adrian, finally fed up, tells Polly, I'm done.
1: On New Year's Eve, the streets of Philadelphia are filled with anticipation for the big fight, and so are Rocky and Apollo Creed. Rocky and Mickey watch Apollo's old fights for preparation. Rocky comes home to Adrian and tells her he can't beat Apollo. Adrian tells him she can't go to the fight and see him get hurt in the ring. Alone, Rocky musters his courage and prepares for the fight.
0: It's time for the big fight. Rocky, Apollo Creed, and their entourages enter the ring. The two fighters are finally face-to-face, and the fight begins.
1: Rocky has a tough start, but manages to land a good hit on Apollo at the end of round one. At the end of round two, Apollo almost knocks Rocky out. Rocky is hurt, but his confidence is stronger than ever. By round 10, Apollo has a broken rib and Rocky a broken nose. Rocky resolves to keep fighting. The fight brutally continues with the two fighters being pushed to the limit while Adrian watches from the crowd.
0: At long last, the fight ends with Rocky barely standing and a split decision from the judges. As Apollo Creed is declared the champion, Rocky calls for Adrian who runs into his arms. The The end. End
1: To Even fine, ever fair. Wait that see so now let's discuss the parts of the show that we'd like, that maybe needed some work or what have you. Um, I'm going to start by saying this show, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Also, I think a lot of people, you know, when they hear Rocky the Musical, they're like, okay... No, like that could never be a musical. I was one of them. Truly, I was like are we really at this point where we're taking movies like Rocky and making them a musical like, oh no. You know.
0: Mhm.
1: Um but no, this this was uh this really wasn't
0: It was surprising. Yeah.
1: I remember the set most of all, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. But that that's the thing that stood out the most to me. Um I have to say, to this day, I've never seen the film, and I know, shameful. So, Mm -hmm. I found this story to be gripping and endearing, and I was in it the entire time. Good, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, you know. I will say that I didn't know that Adrian... I knew that he screamed Adrian at the end. Right. Before we saw the, the musical. I didn't realize Adrian was the love interest, though. I thought that's who he fought. Or something like I thought, he and then, so I also thought he won, so I thought it, like, it was like a victory of like Adrian, yeah, you know. So then when he lost, I was like, Oh no, and then you know, he calls out her name, and I was like, Okay,
0: mm-hmm. all
1: right, you know. Um, but yeah, and then I also thought the acting was just really good. Um, it was the book and the songs that were just a
0: little. Eh. I mean, they were better than I expected them to be. Considered
1: were, the source material. Yeah, they weren't like super memorable or anything to write home about. But they—that's—that to me is what. That is that is the pinpoint on it where I was like, what what is it about the show that that just didn't land? And it was the book and the music and lyrics. I was like, this. It's not working. It's not gelling.
0: Yeah, I mean, the song that comes to mind—the only song that comes to mind. Is the My Nose Ain't Broke Yet.
1: Okay, so I had to go back and listen to the soundtrack. And it's a clever song, but it's like one of those, oh, really? Mm -hmm. This is not the most creative thing. It's almost like we need a song here that was like, oh, here we go.
0: Yeah, and that's the one that stuck to my head.
1: Well, see, I... He ain't down yet. Oh, the opening song is in my head, okay. which is a, um, a, 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 a a variation of
0: I Have the Tiger. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And uh, oh, also, I remember Apollo Creed's That's Patriotic. But kind we'll get of. into that later. In fact, it seems like we're really, we're just revving a go here on the boxes. So let's start with the set. I thought the set was really just absolutely incredible.
0: There was so much that went into the set. Um, you definitely felt like in you when you were in the various houses and apartments, you felt like you were in a cramped, you know. Um, Philadelphia, Philadelphia apartment, apartment. And you almost
1: said New York you, just, you had to stop there for a minute <laughs> um,
0: but, and there was just so much detail put into the spaces that these people were living in um, as well as getting that vast open space that you get when they're in the gym And yeah
1: for the most part it was a very simple um, set with sliding boxes and scenes for the different rooms and that and like you said, it was a vast bare stage. And they meant to do that so that they could showcase the gym where Rocky trained. And I got that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, the focus was supposed to be this gym. Yeah. Everything else was kind of like, oh, and by the way, yeah, he has a an apartment. Oh, and by the way, she works at a pet shop. Oh, yes, and by the way, they do go to a skating rink. But, like, it was gym, gym, gym. I think the big highlight about it, the thing that really was, for me, like, as we're watching the show... I was like, this is just an okay show. This is just an okay show. This is just an okay show. And then the ending happened, and I was like, oh, wait a minute.
0: Yeah, It was definitely a spectacle.
1: So this is where the Broadway magic comes in. At the end, the audience in the first seven rows of the Winter Garden are escorted onto the stage to these bleachers. And the ring in which Apollo and Rocky are going to box in comes out the stage and over the seats mm-hmm. so now like instead of a theater um, with
0: a standard proscenium,
1: we're now in the round,
0: right, just like we would for a boxing match right but
1: then but then and more um f- uh, uh above the audience, a video board is revealed, and banners are unfurled from the ceiling, mm-hmm. so you're literally transported to this um sports arena, yeah, and I was like okay, this is amazing. Where have you been keeping this the entire show? And the ring spun Yeah. to add to that. So not only is it over these seats, it's spinning too. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is cool. This yeah, is really it was, cool. It was,
0: it was really the best, like the highlight of the show for me.
1: It was, it's still one of the most epic set things I've seen on a Broadway stage. Um, and that was worth writing home about and going home being like, yeah, I know it sounds weird, rock the musical, and yeah, the music, but, but the set, yeah. the cool, you know, the watching a boxing match at a Broadway theater. Look, if Mike Tyson can come to Broadway and do a one-man show, this is just as fair to be there. So it it was a cool spectacle if you Google rocky broadway and you see those pictures it was it was incredible what they put together Mm -hmm. you know um adding on to that let's go on to the costumes all the iconic looks from the movie were there now look i know how can i say that i've never seen the film i've seen enough video clips or images to kind of know what these iconic. you've seen enough
0: spoofs on cartoons yeah so you
1: know (laughs) Adrian's final look, you know, the red jacket and all that that was there, the gray sweats that Rocky trains in, like when he runs to this this top of the stairs in Philadelphia, you know, um Apollo's flashy patriotic look, mm-hmm. like all of that all of that was still there um and they didn't Broadway eyes it, I guess, you know, like really glam it up yes. They also didn't... It wasn't, like, the exact carbon copy. It was just what it needed to be to not only exist in the show, but also be like, we can't... We can't not have this in here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there there are some things that we can cut out, but it's rocky. There There an, Audiences are going to come here to see and expect a certain thing.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be one of those things. Well, and I remember... Um, I was really worried about Andy Carl being able to look like Sylvester Sylvester Stallone. Stallone Because, no offense to Sylvester Sylvester Stallone, Stallone, he's not the prettiest man. And Andy Carl is pretty good looking. Like, he's good looking.
1: Andy Carl's a pretty man.
0: He's a pretty man.
1: And he's a pretty nice guy.
0: Yeah, and so (laughs) I was a little worried about, you know, him playing this gruff, rough and tough kind of guy. But they did it. They did it. Now I wasn't the biggest fan of, like, his hair, but it was what it was supposed to be.
1: Right, but you're a hair. But person. also,
0: also in what I've been watching of Andy Carl, I would love to do his hair because I think he has some gnarly calyx that I would love to get in on.
1: So Andy Carl, <laughs> you since need you're a, a listener, I hope
0: if you get um, a hair, if you need a haircut, a cut.
1: cosmetologist here, a licensed one, would love to do your hair. Pro bono, just to play with it. So, yes, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we saw a lot of 70s looks um, in the trainers and as well in the other characters. The sweatsuits, mm-hmm. the 1970s sweatsuits. You really got a sense of the time and place. Like it was, when you think back to those 70s movies, I mean, the ones I'm think, the first thing that comes to my mind is a police academy. Don't ask me why. But like <laughs> you just, you you see those those looks there. Mm-hmm. You know they weren't.
0: Well, even the boxing outfits were definitely like the dated, flashy, that? yeah, like, yeah,
1: absolutely. Like if they walked out on the street in any of those costumes, it, they would be like, "So what film are you shooting?" You know what I mean? Like it is not. There was no modern at all. The glamazon ladies, that the ones that were around Apollo,
0: Apollo, Apollo
1: excuse me, as well as like the ring girls,
0: mm-hmm. you know, they
1: had. a... They looked fantastic. They were amazing. I love. Oh. So with the Apollo Girls, right? Mm-hmm. They had those like chiffon wings. Do you know the ones I'm talking yes. about? Um, like, it was almost like... almost like a cape.
0: Yes, but they had like... that's
1: patriotic. Yeah. Oh, it was so cool, and I'm like, that's such a '70s look, though. That yeah. wasn't a, that's not a musical look. That is a total like promotional 1970s. That could be a New Coke kind of ad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I... While New Coke was in the '80s, but you know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. That could totally be, you know, America's turning two hundred. It's patriotic, and you know, it's not for a fight. It's just America, and they're there in like onesie, um, you know, red, white, and blue swimsuits, but they'd have this like lemay cape as well with the with the folds with all the the creases that mm. oh. the pleats the pleats. That's the word I'm looking for. So for the most part, the the design just it was good. It was what you expected. It was there, you know?
0: It was there. It yeah. existed.
1: Um, going on to the lights now. This was another element for me that was, uh, was best in the end. Like the set uh, and the big fight between Creed and Rocky. Um, the spectacle of everything. The red lights in the back where the announcers were, were you know, sitting was amazing. Um, having. If you look up old clips of boxing matches you see the lights flash and they flash with that like star with the x like the x star kind of thing Mm -hmm. and i don't know how but they captured that
0: that visual
1: Mm -hmm. because of course i mean that's a tv that's a camera thing but they captured that in the lighting effects in the ring Mm -hmm. which was great so they didn't feel like a concert it really did feel like a boxing match they did a really good job with that the other moments were pretty cool, like the training montage and the ice skating scene, that was really pleasant. But truth be told, I couldn't really remember much about the lighting behind besides uh, Right,
0: that's a it just I mean it was what you expected for lighting. Mm-hmm. So then we should probably move on to direction, because I think that's gonna be part of what we remember a little better. So now seeing more of Alex Timbers work. First of all, I didn't
1: remember until we were doing the research that Alex Timbers directed this. And anybody out there who's like Alex Timbers, Alex Timbers, you know, the guy that directed Beetlejuice the musical and Moulin Rouge the musical. He's a Tony Award running director. I can see why, like, how this fits into his, I guess, cachet of, of, like, direction on Broadway. His niche. Yeah. Um, This wasn't one of his best adaptations, but it wasn't a bad one by any means. Um, Because... Here, okay, look, here, I feel like we're, we're, we're leaning towards the we really didn't like the show and it was a bad show. It was not a bad show altogether.
0: We just went to the a really, they did a really
1: good yeah They did a really good job of taking the storied film and putting it on the stage. The story transferred really, really well from screen to stage. And they kept everything we expected from the film in the musical, which is great. It was purely just kind of a. Um, I don't know. It, it it wasn't as big as it needed to be, for a musical. That's the yeah. thing. Is it, it? just it. A musical kind of has it has to have high stakes and and be very big, and it wasn't. And and the musical just didn't have these great driving songs or anything like that. Nothing that you left being like, oh my gosh, that's a. Huge well, and hit. I think
0: one of the hardest parts with how. The- you know, any, you know, movie to musical is that musical exists because of the emotion being so high, there's no other choice but to sing it. Right. Right. But this is a show about physicality. Yes. And so it's kind of like if it were an interpretive dance, it would almost make more sense.
1: Yeah. And also this show has a famous soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: it's kind of hard like that. You've got two going up against you, a famous known story and a famous soundtrack. Like, but I thought Alex Timbers did a really good job of still giving the audience what it it was expecting while also still being like, we're going to create something new. So I like, I like Alex Timbers work and it had his fingerprints over it are all over it. We got all, like I said, we got all those great moments. The story carried it from start to finish. There were no gaps Which I liked, like there weren't any of those like, do we need this moment? is this really necessary? Right. Or
0: the moments where they assume you've seen the film and so you already know that. Yeah, and
1: I'm sure I'm missing some, like like if there's any big Rocky fans out there and they've seen the musical, they're like, oh, but they left this out. I mean, look, I'm a Harry Potter fan and the further I got in the film franchise, asked my wife, I was like, they left out X, Y, Z, like this was important to them. And it's like that those films would have been, you know, 9, 10, 12 hours in that case, you know. I'm sure that was the case with this musical, but for someone who hasn't seen the film, I know the story now. I got it. Um, he really married the great spectacle that we've come to expect from a Broadway show to a well-known like, story. Yes. And that mainly happened, like I said, at the end. The end is what really sealed the deal for this show. I felt he did a really good job raising the stakes in a lot of moments that were meant for the screen or that were meant to be kitchen table like the ice skating rink or the Christmas scene in the apartment or the training montage and I know that sounds weird that the training montage could be kitchen table but I mean more like that was a screen moment you know how do you how do you connect the training montage onto the stage and I thought that was a really good job of communicating that intensity and really come on you can do this yeah you know um. So the show to me, like I said, it, it just it felt larger than life, it, and which it did. We should, I think, we can agree on that. Mm-hmm. And that is the trademark of Alex Timbers. I mean, Moulin Rouge feels enormous. Yes, that is a full on experience, just like Beetlejuice. Yes. These are not shows; these are full on experiences. Which is why when you know I push people to go, i see!" Like, oh, well, I can't be good, or oh, I've seen the film, and it's like, no, trust me.
0: Just do you it. You go,
1: it's a full-on experience. You will thank us later, you know. Um, so we've kind of been beating around this, but I think we need to. We just need to go full-on, full-ham on it. The music. There were catchy and memorable songs in here, but most of the songs were already kind of known. Gonna Fly Now, The Eye of the Tiger. Mm-hmm. I found most of the songs to be just mediocre at best. And really, like, one of the holdbacks, and that was one of the holdbacks of the show. Like, it felt like these needed to be a little bit more revised. These were kind of like the first or second drafts. These weren't...
0: There wasn't anything magical or sparkly.
1: Yeah, for me, like the second song of the show, My Nose Ain't Broken, the lyrics were less than inspired. Right. And I was like, this... I think we can do better. Because this is the other thing that... and Okay, look, this is purely purely opinion. If you're singing a song, you don't necessarily have to I know that Rocky is not the most educated person, but, like, he speaks like he has no grasp on the English language or sings in some cases. And I'm like, we're singing. We, we can stretch the imagination a little bit and throw a little bit of poetry in there, and it's okay.
0: Right, because it could be, oh, you know, he's stupid when he speaks to people, but maybe if he had a song that was just to himself... Then he is, you know,
1: it's his inner, it's, it's his inner thoughts, it's, it's his exactly, inner monologue. He might, right, and we little, get it.
0: He's a boxer who's been beat up, and so he's not that smart. But yeah, mm.
1: there were several other songs like that that feel like the show could just kind of do without it. I was like, man, really, this is not. Um, but but and I don't want to just rip on the music the entire time. But like it's an awful awful score. Now there were actually some clever melodies throughout the show. And I would really like to see what more developing, you know, might lead to. Because I think there is something there. That's the thing is I can remember, like I said, I remember Patriotic. We know that my nose ain't broke. I can hear the opening line to opening bit of I'm done. Um, the opening bit of the song, the show, you know. I remember those. Well, what can we do with that? What if we doctored it a bit? What, what what can be done with that? Right. You know, I'm sure there's something that they can do. So, um, but, you know, when we sell, when I sell the show to people and I tell people about our show, I explain to them, when you leave a show and you go, I didn't like it. You know, you probably didn't like one facet of it. Like, find what, what didn't suit you and really be pinpoint you know pinpoint exactly what it is and for me with this show it was the music and the lyrics that i was like that was the holdback for me i could have really been like hardcore cheering the show the music and the lyrics just didn't do it for me everything else was really good about this show that just didn't perform to the same level not saying the music and lyrics was a complete wash no it just didn't it didn't
0: didn't match the same level as everything
1: else that's it um, the final thing I want us to talk about is the choreography, which I remember it being decent overall.
0: I don't remember much choreography.
1: Right. I remember it being physical, especially during the training montages, but I don't remember, like you said, there wasn't a lot of big dance numbers. When there were, like I said, they were focused around boxing. But the choreography for the final fight scene, because remember, the, the boxing was choreography. And. Is it? I mean, that is deserving of applause. That fight looked and felt real and was amazing. And it wasn't like a Billy Elliot ballet fight or something like that it was. They were boxing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I don't think, if I remember right, I don't think they were boxing full speed.
0: No, I think it... I feel like it had to have been slowed down.
1: I, I think it was. But I... Oh my gosh, I can't remember. But I know that it was intense. And there was a lot going on. Of course, lighting effects and that. But it was really cool to see because of course you can't do the the thing coming to my mind is um kinky boots the boxing match in kinky boots mm-hmm. you know it's really slow and there's that strobe light and they're really going out hit him in the house hit him so everyone can see and there's that slow motion uppercut no it was none of that no but you couldn't get away with that because uh, hello this is the whole point of the show. He's gonna. We've been waiting to see this, so it was really cool to see the boxing match, and to see what they could do. And the fact that they stayed safe eight shows a week—that's yeah. trust. That's knowledge. That's rehearsal. You that's know, discipline. Yeah. Besides that, I, like you said, there just weren't really big dance numbers. Um, so the training montage really was the best opportunity for these moments.
0: The show has had several notable performers, including Dakin Matthews, John Schiappa, Terrence Archie, and Andy Curl.
1: the impact this show has had on the theater and its history. Um, theatrical impact uh, brought the iconic film to the Broadway stage. I mean, that first and foremost uh, I think is important to, to point out. Yeah. <laughs> like it or love it. I mean, yeah. like it or hate it, it. It brought Rocky to the Broadway stage. Welcome Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one I, I would throw in there is it reimagined what was possible regarding set design with that mm-hmm. final scene in the boxing ring like that seriously that blew my mind i was like why why is everyone getting up down there why are what the heck is going on well in a mid-show
0: disturbance like that i know i I I thought
1: something had happened and i was like are we evacuating and then to see that ring come out over i was like this is cool Mm -hmm. i've still never seen anything like that like it was and going to your show and getting to sit down in that orchestra just to think like yeah, a whole unboxing ring just shoop. an unboxing ring. Uh, an unboxing <laughs> ring. Yes, we had boxing day right there. Unbox the ring.
0: God, we're uh, such nerds.
1: Moving on to societal impact, the only thing I could think of really, and it's true with this, is
0: it brought a different kind of audience. It brought a matter. new
1: audience to the theater.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a show definitely intended. For the macho men in people's lives, and for the
1: Rocky fans, for
0: the Rocky fans, for
1: the blue-collar, blue jean, John Bon Jovi singing, you know, that's who it was for. Yeah. Suddenly, Broadway was truly—I mean, it always has been—but also was like, yeah, well, wait a minute, Rocky's on Broadway. Oh yeah, I could go see that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we got more where that came from, you know a lot of... and it, I mean, truly, mostly guys. A lot of guys who didn't think that they liked theater, I think, left going, oh, wait, I kind of like this stuff. hmm You know. So let's ask the um, big question. Is the show still relevant? As popular as this movie is, I would have to say this is a no for me. I agree. It may do well at regional houses and even see some success at collegiate houses, but... No, no, this is a no on Broadway for me. But there is a caveat I want to put out here. The show has been and could continue to be very successful abroad, particularly in Germany. So I would say the best place, maybe, for the show to reemerge is in Germany and, and to be reworked, but nah, not here on Broadway. <laughs>
0: as promised, we wanted to share some of our own personal stories about experiencing this show.
1: So we had the good fortune to see the show once in 2014. Um, so the first thing I'll say is I finally saw the story of Rocky Balboa. And have you seen the film?
0: I have seen it, but never like consciously watched it. So you've never seen the film? <clears throat> no, my dad watches it all the time.
1: Okay, so, so I've seen enough of it. We finally saw the story of Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Uh, we've already mentioned being blown away by that final scene. And I think it's just worth saying again. And then the biggest memory I have is just meeting the cast afterwards. And like all of our poses, well, my poses because you took the pictures. Um, okay, we really got to post these pictures, man.
0: We do. Though I th- I do remember, I think, you getting a picture of me with Andy Carl.
1: But all of the pictures like with the Curl. cast, remember? We had to pose with our dukes up. Yes. All of them posed like fighter pose and you had to pose with them with your fists up and I thought that was so clever Mm -hmm. um but what was cool is I look back at this cast at who who we got to meet and seeing what they've done before but gone on to do so you know looking at that list of of who's performed so for instance Dakin Matthews who played Mickey the trainer right Mm -hmm. you don't recognize that name do you Mm -mm. but if I said the word scoot scoot this down. I want two egg whites Waitress. toast on the separate plate. Yeah, he played Joe in, in Waitress. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Like, what different characters from going, get out of a competitor, you know. You're not serious to go in. And what's the pie today? You know, um, John Scappa, who I've worked John with. John Scappa? Scappa. Um, you know, he was in the ensemble in that show, but then he goes on to be a Girl from the North Country. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then to cap it all off, Hello, Andy Carl. I love Andy Carl.
0: I love Carl.
1: Andy Carl. Um, who, I know that we'd seen him previously, but what I know he's going to go do next, he's going to go do... Um,
0: on the 20th Century.
1: On the 20th Century. Um, which is funny because... Well, we'll, I'll mention it now because it'll be later, but he stars with Peter Gallagher in that show, and they're both also in Law & Order SVU as father and son, but they're rivals in that show. And I'm Uh like, that's kind of funny. Like, at the same time, then he'll go on to Groundhog Day, and then, of course, Pretty Woman. Mm -hmm. Woman. Uh, Andy Carl's just such a...
0: You know, my favorite moment of Andy Carl is when he plays Kyle... And legally Blonde. I was gonna
1: say, I'm like, I think that's where I saw him the first time. Is Kyle? I've got a package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just he's 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 this. You he, look you look at him and he looks like one of those like macho Broadway guys, like I'm ripped and a, he's a ham. He's uh-huh. funny. He he is a total jokester. He doesn't take himself too seriously. And he, I've heard that he's just genuinely a nice guy to work with. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's what I love to hear. And I want nothing but success for this guy.
0: Right. Well, and also he, even though he is handsome, he also comes off as still an average human.
1: Yeah, he's not egotistical. He's just like, hi, I don't think I'm as great as you think I am. Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> but thank you for... He's he's humble.
0: Yes, he's humble. He is humble. a
1: good person. So I was I felt very cool to, to meet him. And he was very nice. Took some time. Not just it and left. And like I said, the picture came out really cool. And we have to dig it up. Theater is back. And we hope you can join us at a show soon.
0: You'll be able to catch Rocky at a theater in Germany. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> so until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And
0: I'm Hope Bird.
1: Reminding you to... Turn off your cell phones.
0: Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on.
1: And keep talking about the theater.
0: In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can
1: also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at stage whisper Pod.
0: And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stage whisper Pod at gmail.com.
1: Our theme song is Fox by Music for Wildlife. Other music on this episode provided by Mad Sky, Lorenzo's Music, Jesse Spillane, Jazzar, and Billy Murray.